Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cuatro Cuadrados. Once again, this is your boy Christian. And uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about two uh, topics and then that's where we're going to finish it off. Uh, we're going to be talking about Houston Dynamo taking on San Jose and also we're going to be talking about uh, this European Super League. So we're going to just give some thoughts and stuff like that. Um, but before we begin... Uh, you should have social medias right here on the bottom of the screen for you to, you know, check us out, you know, give us a like, give us a comment, you know, put a comment down or something like that or whatever, you know, engage with me so we can have more, uh, better communication between, you know, host, audience kind of stuff. Um, and also, I want to also uh, shout out my Patreon. So if you want to be uh, a Patreon, basically somebody that sponsors us in a way, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash and literally for $3 a month, you can be part of this show as a helping hand to help, you know, me build the brand, build the show, and then also build soccer here in the city of Houston, as we all love and like. Um, and being that said, I want to shout out to all my patrons that I have already subscribed and become patrons and part of the, the Cuatro Cuadrados family. And I want to give a shout out. To a new member of this family who is Jeff Strong. So shout out to Jeff Strong for becoming one of my newest uh, Patreon members. Um, and also I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because uh, uh, funny enough we were talking about you the other day with a fellow podcaster. With Edson from Down in the Valley. Because you Jeff you know uh, you make us feel a little bit better almost every day. Every time we post stuff you're always retweeting and liking. So we don't know you personally, but, you know, we know you through social media. So a big shout out to Jeff from literally everybody in the Houston Dynamo community. Uh, you have been a supporter from day one from, like, you know, the most experienced podcasters to the least experienced podcaster. Jeff has been probably one of the most supportive people out there. I know there's others and, and I will, you know, put them out there uh, eventually. But, you know, today I wanted to just keep it specific to, to Jeff. So shout out to Jeff for being a great uh, a great Patreon member, being a great sponsor of the show, and being a great uh, voice and supporter for the Houston Dynamo. And everybody that is doing uh, Houston Dynamo-related content or Houston soccer-related content. So thanks to you, Jeff, for becoming part of the family. So uh, being that said, I want to thank everybody else that also supports, shows love, you know, with likes and shares and stuff like that. It actually helps a whole bunch, and I wanted to say a little something. This might be boastful, maybe, uh, but you know, to some people it might be not. But uh, I just wanted to say this is the fiftieth, fiftieth, as I say, fiftieth episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. I had another. Well, actually, I had like kind of like the same show before, uh, but I used to it used to be named Come and Take It, where I actually recorded, if I'm not mistaken, about 38 or 37 episodes of that, and then our show basically got picked up by DynamoTheory.com, who you know it's a blog, uh, basically de dedicated to the fans of the Houston Dynamo by actual fans of the Houston Dynamo. So you know I want to give a shout out to those guys for giving me the opportunity to be on this. Uh, outlet basically when it comes to the audio version of the podcast and you know for them also helping me grow my brand in their own way so you know head over to Houston uh, dynamotheory.com and you'll be able to you know literally get like awesome 
uh, breakdowns of the games, like game threads on game days, like literally a person watching the game and actually telling you play-by-play play almost what is going on. Shout out to Derek and Dustin that do that. And then literally a whole bunch of other stuff, like from analytics. Uh, I completely blanking on this kid's name, but I'll shout him out next, next podcast for sure. I want to say Alan, but Alan is not his name. I'm terrible with names. So I apologize. Sack. Sack. There you go. Sack is actually really good with analytics. I know he works with like somebody else also that does like stuff, analytics stuff. So shout out to Sack. And uh, so, you know, they're going to be doing like um, analytic content and stuff like that about the Houston Dynamo. So go check that out. And then also um, Haley that does, that covers the Houston Dash for the Dynamo Theory. Shout out to her. And then also, I think I'm missing another person that I can't remember their name. But shout out to them. And then uh, my boy Rudy, that who's also been on the show before. And he actually started his own podcast that he's going. So it's called Cro- uh, Crossing Soccer Borders. So And basically it's him and his brother. And they're going to be uh, basically breaking down everything that has to do with CONCACAF and North American soccer. So shout out to Ru- Rudy. You know, go check out crossing soccer borders and um you know give show them some love you know show show the the fellow north americans some love uh being let's say let's go ahead and move on into the into the game so going into the game uh there was a bunch of question marks right in everybody's heads because you know we come from a team that unfortunately in 2020 did not do it. well actually i didn't say any numbers that i was gonna say but i just want to say that in the the time that, sorry, I know I'm flying everywhere, but in the time that I started the YouTube channel, um, that is possibly gonna have like 40 some episodes on it, we have had about 1400 views. And on the podcast, between Come and Take It and Cuatro Cuadrados, we have break, broke, break, broken uh, the 2000 downloads barrier. So I am very, very proud to do this i am very very excited that i get to you know i don't know talk about soccer and talk about my hometown basically even though i was born here but i grew up here so i just want to thank everybody for showing me love and supporting me and and everything in between and i and i promise that i i'll do everything that i can in my power to showcase and put out anything that is soccer related if you have any like top of soccer business or soccer anything and you want to shout it out or promote it on the show you're more than welcome to come on it and, you know we'll, we'll have a chat and stuff like that i've been hitting up people you know some some of them are busier than others so obviously they haven't gotten back but you know we're always finding to see where you know we find soccer related content in the houston to put it out on the show and everybody so everybody can get to know it um but yeah let's move on to the game now that I, we said uh we were boasting our numbers for a bit uh but yeah um the lineup was kind of you know coming into the season 2021 season um we saw a lot of new faces come in and some faces actually leave uh, but I think most of us were very happy and excited to see some of these players coming in because they they seem promising. Uh, it wasn't like washed out players, you know. Maybe you think some of were, some of them were, some of them wasn't. Like for example, Fafa coming. I'm not saying they're washed out, but some people had the idea because you know Fafa, Uruti, you know they're players that kind of been around the league in different teams, and you know people weren't. I mean, it was only the first game, right? But given their, um, what's it called? 
the way that they portray themselves in the field, I guess you can say. They're, I, I don't know how to say the, I, There's a word, but I can't think of it. Persona. But No, not persona. Like, como cuando se... Based on what we saw. Perceived? No, based on like what we saw. Like, what they did. Performance. Based on their performance. That was, that's my wife in the background trying to help me. Trying to help my ESL. And when I say ESL, I'm not talking about the European Circuit League that I will be talking about later. ESL being English second language. But yeah, sometimes I forget words. Um, I do that a lot. But yeah, uh, I forgot what I was saying. But yeah, um, Fafa and Ruti, you know, a lot of people thinking that they were washed out because just because they were been around everywhere. Um, you know, actually both of them playing in Dallas. So, you know, coming from like the enemy basically but uh their performance on the field was completely different i mean fafa had a great game he killed it on the right side he is extremely fast if you haven't seen i was luckily lucky enough to be there in person in the first uh first in the first i was gonna say the first first half but the first half he was on my side basically of the field where i was sitting or i guess i was on his side i don't know but you can tell the dude has speed and like I don't know how, I think he's like 28, 29, but just because, it, you know, he's been in the league for so long, you know, people think that they're old, but they're not. I mean, the dude is beating dudes. I mean, like I said, it was only one game, but it was a great performance. You know, he was winning on that right side. And then Ruti, I mean, he scored. That's what that's why you bring a number nine for, right, to score. Uh, that's what you bring in a striker for. And then also a personal favorite of mine that is becoming a like a Houston favorite is Tyler Pasher. Tyler Pasher, I don't know why I gravitated to Tyler Pasher, but um, I don't know. He, I just saw like a couple of high, highlight reels. Uh, and then I heard actually Edson from Down in the Valley. He had a conversation from a, uh, a podcaster, supporter of Indy 11 and talked about kind of Pasher's qualities and stuff like that. I need to crack my neck. Sorry if that was weird. But, um, yeah, Tyler Pasha seems, like, very promising. I mean, U.S. coming from the, you know, from um, the championship, uh, USL championship, and literally winning everybody out when we have a stacked roster when it comes to, like, midfielders, beating everybody out and starting on their first, you know, first MLS game. Or I think it was his second appearance. But, I mean, you know, it was, like, almost his first real appearance because he had a great game. He had an assist. Uh, It was just perfect. And then another conundrum that we had big word of the day conundrum was who is going to take care of the midfield and i think a lot of people expected this but you know i think also a lot of people had quinteros also kind of as a number 10 or uh derek uh derek jones as a number eight type eight six type thing but i think going with memo memo has been proving people wrong um i always Last year, I, I thought, I mean, obviously, you can't talk bad about Memo. Like, he had a really, really good season. But I think he's at, he's at the cusp of, he's like in that line between being an average player and being a really good player. And I think he's missing or lacking maybe a little bit, I don't know, like I can't put my finger on it. But he's like lacking a little bit something to make it over that line. But I think... He has, I uh, forgot who said something about how Memo is literally right there, like one step away from becoming like almost a national team player level of player. And and like me, that's a whole, that's a whole another category of player. You know, you can, you can be an MLS player your whole life, 
But going into the national level or breaking it to the, like the international level, that's a whole different deal. And I think, you know, maybe Memo is not like the best uh, tactical player. Like he doesn't have maybe like the fancy footwork and stuff like that. But you know the kid has heart. And like, you, you, I mean, anything can happen. But you, one thing that you cannot deny from Memo Rodriguez is that the kid has heart and he will not like give up on any ball. And I think that's what we... I think that's why he represents Houston so much. You know, even though he's like a Texas kid, you know, he grew up kind of like South Houston in a way, like really, really South Houston. You know, he still kind of claims Houston. So he's like a city, you know, city guy. He's an H-Town kid. And he kind of demonstrates a lot of like the, the willpower, the persistence, the heart of like a Houstonian basically. And that's why a lot of people gravitate to, towards that because he has a heart. You know, and, and he's like right there. But I think, you know, in the next couple of years, if he keeps the same type of performance and the same type of level, I think he'll he'll reach like new heights, uh, new levels. I mean, I wish he would stay in Houston forever. But, you know, if he's going to continue to grow, maybe another team will be calling, you know, and we're going to have to let him go. But, you know, Memo, I think, is going to be like a Houston Dynamo forever. Um, What was I saying? Uh, also, the tech, uh, the striker Texas. Shout out to the striker, the striker Texas. Shout out to uh, Victor Araiza and all the guys over there doing a fantastic job. Uh, they named actually Memo the Texas Player of the Week. So you know, I know it's a new, it's a new thing, but I mean, it's it's another recognition that you are literally the best player out of three different teams in the state of Texas. So shout out to Memo for that. Also, Memo. And the surprise of the day, basically, was Boniek Garcia coming in as a center back and actually doing a freaking great job because both of them, Memo and Boniek, got called up, got named to the team of the week as literally starters on the team of the week. So uh, the back four also was another... Oh, I didn't finish saying who uh, played in the middle. But Memo played alongside of Corona and Vera, who I think we kind of... Got to figure it out. You know, Vera being extremely consistent, MVP of the team. And then Corona coming in with experience, you know, coming with a um, Liga MX experience, coming in with a MLS experience, coming in with, like, international winning experience. You know, he just, you know, he's just a winner all around, and that's what you want in your team, right? So Vera and Corona, fantastic job. And then Memo was kind of, like, free as a as the creator of the team, basically. Uh, Lundy on the left, of course, solid. I love Lundy. Shout out to Lundy. If you're hearing this, solid guy. Um, Bonnie, 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 Bonnie Garcia and Parker uh, came came together and put a great center back um, like paired together. It was perfect. Uh, even though a lot of people were asking, you know, what about Fumayor? What about you know uh, this guy, this guy, this guy? So Ethan Barlow was out on injury. Um, um, blah, blah, blah. What's his name? Minor Figueroa. He's out on international duty. And who else do we have? Obviously Parker. But he was playing. And then we had Fomayor. But Fomayor wasn't physically fit to play a 90-game minute. So actually uh, somebody asked Tab Ramos about that decision to put Bonnie Garcia up back there. And then two things were said about Bonnie Garcia. First of all, well actually one thing. Uh, Boni Garcia was put in that position because he, you know, that's literally, Tabramo said, that's why we have Boniak. Boni can do anything. 
So, I mean, Boniek, even though he said that, you know, he would rather play like as a, as a midfielder, like a defensive midfielder, he felt very comfortable playing center back. But please don't have him do it again. That's what he said, not me. But even though he did a great job. And then um, the other thing that was said was that Fuenmayor wasn't fit for a 90-minute game, that he was only fit for a 30, 45-minute game. And he didn't want to do a substitution mid-game of a center back. You know, it's a, it like literally, it's... It it could be it could be catastrophic because you're taking out one of the main guys in the back, kind of like already with a rhythm of game, and then bringing in a new piece. It could either go really really well or really really bad. So you can't take those chances when it comes to playing in the back, you know. So I support you know Ty Ramos in the decision of putting Bonik, especially after he did a great job. And then a lot of people were also considering putting Sarek Valentin in. Uh, as a you know as a center back and then having Bisama as a winger but I think maybe Bisama was injured because I actually saw him wearing a suit he wasn't wearing his uh like you know I want to play attire basically and then of course Michael Maric hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to see uh, the Argentinian, the, one of the other Argentinians. Um, that I'm completely blanking on his name. What is his name? I know you guys are probably screaming his name right now. Man, I completely forget his name. Well, whatever. Uh, I think it will come up eventually. But we, I think you know exactly what we're talking about. For the guy from Instituto that came in and then we sent him alone and then now he's back and everybody's expecting him to come in because he, you know, we spent 1.1 million on him. And, you know, he's going to be a real good player down the flank. I'm trying to remember his name. That's why I keep, like, talking, talking, talking. But I'm not going to remember his name. But I think everybody, like, was very, very expectant on having <clears throat> on having him either a starter or coming in the second half. I actually was talking to Edson from down in the valley. He, you know, he was there watching the game uh, with me. And we were talking about how I would, you know, I would bring in... Um, <clears throat> I would bring in, damn it, what is his name? Um, let me think, let me think. I know Dead Silence is not good, but Fudge Crackers, man. I, I know this guy. Bro, I'm going to remember his name. He's going to be so annoying. What is his name? Jesus. Help me. Okay, whatever. I don't remember his name. Bro, I have it on the tip of my tongue, and it's bothering me so much. What is this kid's name? Whatever. So, yeah. Um, bro, this is going to hunt me for the rest of my life. Um, or at least for the rest of the day after I start recording it. Literally, the first thing I'm going to do is and I go and check his kid's name. But, yeah. We want him to see him, and I was gonna, I would I would have brought him in just to see what he has. The last 10 minutes of the game, maybe take out Fafa, you know, maybe like with 20 minutes left. Uh, we did something else. We took out Ruti, and then um, Christian Ramirez went in. Fortunately, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Christian Ramirez. 
just because Ruti is having a terrific... Well, I mean, he looks like he's in shape. He looks like he has, like, the goal on his side. He missed a couple of other goals. I think he's going to be solid uh, up top. And so it's going to be a, a very, very uh, tough battle. Bahamich. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, baby Jesus. Bahamich is the guy that I've been talking about this whole entire time. And I couldn't figure it out. How did I come up with it? I don't know. <sighs> okay, now I can breathe. Uh, but yeah, Bahamich is the guy that I would have put in uh, for, on the right side. Just kind of see what, you know, what, what the, f what do we have here, you know? But hopefully against Portland, we'll get to see, uh, you know, this same maybe starting 11, but probably without Bonnie Garcia as a center back and have Figueroa back there. But I think it's going to be also a really, really good trial for us. To see where we compete against, you know, the big teams, the Portland's, the Seattle's, the LA, LA, uh, LAFC's. I mean, Galaxy won, so I guess I like Galaxy. And, you know, just like the, the big teams in the MLS. So, yeah, man, that was literally the start line. But basically, in the whole game, we had we were a pretty good game, really good ball movement, very good control. Also, I want to defer, 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 defer. I want to defer, whatever. Passes along. There's a great article um, written by Derek uh, on DynamoTheory.com. I would suggest you go check that out because it is actually very, very uh, interesting. Not interesting, but very like uh, like you get to see things that maybe you didn't see. Uh, so shout out to Derek. He wrote a really good article, basically about the game and three things take like a takeaway. Three things you can take away from this game, but um. But there was really good, really good ball movement, really good ball control, really good uh, passes. Nothing was forced. Like you can tell, like they practiced the whole passing. You know, um, the ball around, moving the ball around, not forcing those passes, not not going super long balls. It was basically more beautiful soccer than that we saw last year, but without the losing part of the game. Also, you know, let's remember this: the first game of the season so we can't get too excited you know um and then you know Ruti proven goal scorer he, you know he scored one Memo scored a beautiful goal you know kind of defended the ball to, to his left side and then you know faked the goalie and then put it in um I was thinking about do, doing anatomy of a goal once again but you know I don't know we'll think about it I don't know if you guys have checked those out I've only did two because they didn't do too well uh, but I know I might I might just do it. It's basically what I do breakdown breakdowns of goals, like very like tactical and like all these tips. But I, obviously I'm not really fancy when it comes to like putting graphics and arrows and shit like that and stuff like that. Sorry. Um, so you know, if you're a producer out there or like you know how to do all those things and you want to help me out, hit me up. Let's let's work together. Let's put some stuff together. I think really good. I well I want to say that I have really good commentary and stuff. And I have a kind of like a good idea um, of what I'm talking about. And then if you can put like motions and like cartoons, not cartoons, but like arrows and stuff like that, I think you would help me out. And I don't know why I just threw up the West Side, but I think it's cool. Um, but yeah, if you want to help me out with those videos, I would love some help. Um, but yeah, man, like really good ball movement. And then also just to kind of like a negative thing, uh, if we can say is that in the second half, you know, the Dynamo kind of like slowed down a little bit. And that gave, uh, also, before we go into the negative, 
Really good thing that they did was like they pressured the ball really, really well when they lost it. I think Sack was saying, you know, analytics guy, he was saying that this is the most they have pressured other than one game in last season. So they literally pressured more this game than like all of the games last season except for one, I think. That was his uh, quote or his sentence, I guess. Um, so, I mean, you can tell it was a really good team pressuring the ball. So, like, they would lose it and they would get it right back. And, like, and I know the second half we had less precision of the ball because, you know, we were chilling. You know, we scored the second goal. I think it was mini, mini, minute, like, 65. So, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes in. So, you know, we had actually 55, 10 minutes in. So, we had, like, the whole second half to, like, chill. You know, we were we were attacking better. We had better chances. Ruti missed like one or two, and then Tyler Pasher had one or two chances, and then stuff like that. So we were kind of like, you know, getting comfortable 2-0. We kind of had a good lead in a way. Even though 2-0, it's like, as I say in Spanish, es el resultado más engañoso. is like the most confusing uh, result that you can have because you're winning, yes, 2-0, but then if the other team scores one, then that builds, you know, that pumps them up, and then they can like score two on you back-to-back and stuff like that. So it's like very tricky to be winning 2-0. It's like very confusing. You know, you're up by two, but then literally you can get tied in like 10 minutes because momentum, 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 I don't know. That word, you know, uh, of the other team could bring them back. And that's almost what happened because they scored in like minute 75 or so. And it was a banger of a goal, to be honest. To be honest, I don't know why I said it like that. But the dude got it, literally curled it, you know, right foot. It was beautiful. And like, there was nothing Marco could do. Because literally the ball was going out and then it was went, going in. Like if you see that the back shot, like from the back, you see the ball literally going so wide and then cutting back in. Beautiful curl. You know, talk about bending like Beckham, right? Um, I don't know why I brought up Beckham, but he's on there now. Uh, but yeah. But then San Jose made five substitutions. They made all the substitutions they could make, you know, with the new rules and stuff like that. And they were literally back in the game and in the back of our heads. You know, we had PTSD and we were like, oh, here we go. We're going to lose another three points. You know, they're going to come back and they're going to score one. And then minute 93 and a half, they're going to score another one. And we're going to lose 3-2 at home. And I think a lot of people fear that. And we were all like, you know, sitting in the tip of our seats, you know, just like, Biting our nails and just praying to the lords of the God above, you know, for the Dynamo to hold this win. You know, especially at home, especially being home opener, especially having all eyes of us because being the first game of the 2021 season. So I think we held it down. Shout out, hold it down. And um, yeah, man, we got the three points. So three points in the bag. Let's move on to Portland and let's see what we can do Saturday. Uh, I think it's like a Saturday. I don't know why I said it like that. But I think it's like at 7.30 or 9. No, I think it's later. I think it's at 9. But just in case, check your uh, local listings. Um, but ESPN with the boy Glenn Davis. Shout out to Glenn Davis and Eddie Robinson. They're going to be calling the game. And that's all for the Dynamo. Let's talk about, let's take five minutes. Let's take five minutes so we can get like about 30 minutes in. And let's talk about this European Super League, ESL. Water break. Um, let's talk about the ESL. So 12 clubs headed by homeboy from Real Madrid. Shout out to all my Real Madrid fans. Um, Manchester United, 
Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham. Big six from England. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. Big three from Spain. Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Big three from Italy. So the Axis powers basically, well, you know, I know it's not the Axis powers, but the Axis powers have collided and became a, a 12, um, like, team competition that actually wanted to bring in five more teams, I believe, and they actually wanted to make it a 20, 20, 20 team league, kind of league, well, Super League, that's the name that they were, they're giving it. And it's basically the most powerful teams in the world, basically, right? When it comes to monetary, when it comes to names, when it comes to, like, everything, basically, you know. If you have the best players in the world, you are going to be the best team in the world, marketing, you know, clothing-wise, and a bunch of other crap, you know? But then it begs the question of why, like, you know, why are we doing this? Why are these teams that were created in their own separate league? Well, there, there's going to be no promotion, no relegation. There's literally going to be, like, classicals after classical after classical, back to back, back to back, back to back. Which, one side of my head is like, man, that's very attractive. Because, I mean, literally, you're watching, like, you're literally watching semifinals of Champions Leagues every week. Who doesn't like that? Right, but then again, you miss the the sexiness, I guess, of like you know, like you know, because you have to wait for those games. You have to build the anticipation of like you know having a top team against a top team, and you know you you fantasize about you know oh my god, you start creating stories and like like for example, now Manchester City is going against PSG, PSG, and you're like oh man. Who's you know who's gonna be here? Who's gonna be there? Real Madrid, I think, is playing. Who are they playing? Chelsea in the quarterfinals, in the semifinals, I think. So you start like you know putting like all these stuff together. You start creating narratives, and, and you're like, man, like when is this gonna happen again? You know, like man, like an oil classico, whatever they're calling it right now, an oil derby. You know, PSG, Manchester City. You know, when are we gonna see this again? And and. Imagine like seeing that every week. I was talking to if you are, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can go check it out. But on Mondays, Mondays at 5:30 p.m., we do a Sunday league talk with uh, Sebastian from Vote League, and basically we break down what happens that week, well, weekend and Vote League. But then we also took a couple minutes to talk about this European Super League, and he was saying like, you know, it's like eating chocolate cake every day. But then, do you get tired of chocolate cake every day? I mean, I don't know. Because you could be a diabetic and you could love diet cake every day. You know what I'm saying? It could be bad for you, but you love it. You know, you can be a sweet tooth guy. But then what happens when you got no teeth because they all fall off because of the sugar? You know, it's like one of those things is like, what do, what do we do now? But then you see the points that, you know, the guy from Real Madrid was making, the president, I think it's Paris or something. Perez. Um, he was like, you know, this is what the people want. You know, 16 to 24 year olds want the best of the best. And, and it's true because, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, who the heck is watching, you know, a, I don't know, Bournemouth versus Barnsley? Like, I know, you know, I'm not picking on anybody. Those are the two first that came up to my mind. But I know, no, you know, not a lot of people are watching those. But it's like, but then also, like, think about, like, having a small team like Bournemouth play Chelsea or play Liverpool, play Manchester United or City. 
and and having that David versus Goliath type moment where you know Bournemouth I don't know beats Chelsea or Manchester City two one or one zero like at home or away they go to Etihad Stadium or whatever or they go to Anfield and they beat Liverpool one zero or they they get a draw or they come from behind or something like like you you lose. All, like, because they're saying that you know if these teams go on with this European Super League, they will be removed from their local leagues, from their national leagues, which will be devastating for for the minor teams. Not only because of like TV rights and all that stuff, you know, a lot of people watch those games, but it's also like you lose like that sense of like community and like fight and like imagine being a league in the in you know, in the championship. And wanting to go up and like fighting against these teams, like you know, you think about, like for example, Copa Libertadores is about to start right now, right? And like imagine being like, uh, I don't know, like a lowly, I don't know, like a small team in Bolivia, for example. Because all I'm saying that is because Boca is playing a believing team. But it, imagine not you're not one of the top believing teams, but imagine like you're a mid-table believing team, for example, and you manage to make it to the, you know. Copa Libertadores, and you get grouped with a, you know, uh, with a River or with a Boca. I don't know why I said River first. Ugh. But with a Boca Juniors with, like, um, I don't know, name another good team from South America. With, like, a Sao Paulo or, like, a Corinthians or, like, a, I don't know, Liga de Quito. Like, you know, like a big team from, like, another country, right? And you're, like, just, like, a mid you know, like, you're a humble team from, like, I don't know, like, the middle of the table Peruvian League or Ecuadorian League or Venezuelan League. Uh, you know, the leagues that don't get so much love. And, like, you get to travel to La Bombonera or you get to travel to, like, I don't know, wherever they have, like, a badass stadium, you know, and like El Maracaná or you get to travel to, like, all these places and, like, you get to, you know, fight for these things. You get, you get to go and you get to, like, compete, you know, and, and, you know, try to prove yourself, you know, it's like, man, you know, we're humble, and we, we might, you know, be wearing this brand, or whatever, and we're gonna go take on this team that's wearing Nike, or Adidas, or whatever, you know, and, and it's just, you lose that, you know, love competition of, like, you know, fighting the best of the best, like, for example, you know, or Champions League, you know, like, earning, like, a lot of the players were saying, like, earning a Champions League, you know, fighting against the PSG, fighting it, but, like, not every day, not make it a league, not make it a league where like you just lose and literally nothing happens because you don't get relegated, you don't get promoted. Yeah, you win a championship and yeah, you beat all the best teams in the world, but don't you want to do it like the right way, you know? But you know, but then also like I was saying, you know, it kind of shows what society it is today. It's kind of a reflection of who we are as people. You know, we're greedy. We want more money. We want easy. We want the best, but we wouldn't want to pay for it. You know, in a way, like, you know, nobody wants to, like, put in the work anymore. And and that's what basically what they're, that they're I mean, kind of what they want to do. You know, just, it's like, why do we have to mingle with those people? Let's just do our own thing. And, yeah, you know, it's, it might be cool on the beginning, but then it's going to, it's gonna. I think personally it's going to lose its, its, its flavor at the end. But, you know. What about your thoughts? You know, what what are you thinking? What what is it? Do you agree? Do you want a European Super League? You know, leave me in the comments. You know, let me know. Like, would you like to see a European Super League? Are you against it? Do you think it's gonna be like 
is gonna kill soccer? Do you think it's gonna ki kill like global soccer as a whole? But then also, <laughs> last thought, as a MLS fan, I have to kind of look at myself in the mirror and be like, I support a team in the league where we could never be relegated. And that's sad because, I mean, and everybody knows, I've been outspoken about this and I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million and one times. Like, I think we need promotion relegation in the United States. And it sucks that you can only become an MLS team if you have $350 million in the bank. And it's just it's just sad because there's the other supporter groups that would love to like compete and be the best of the best. I mean, I know San Antonio could easily compete with one of the with a Vancouver, with a Houston, you know. And I know like other teams like around the United States could could literally easily compete with one of these MLS teams, and they can probably whoop their ass. And it's sad because they probably don't have the funding to become an MLS team. They probably don't have the biggest stadium. Bro, literally it blows my mind because you go to Argentina, for example, Defensa Justicia, who has won a, uh, what's it called? One of the, the, one of the Copa Sudamericana, and they just won La Recopa Sudamericana, which is, they beat the team that won the Libertadores. And go look at their stadium, bro. Literally, I go, like, right now, stop, go look at their stadium. It's literally a Division II stadium. Like, it's not the grandiose bombonera. It's not, like, a monumental. It's not el cilindro de avesanada. It's not, like, you know, all these, el nuevo gasometro. It's not the new Estudiantes de la Plata stadium. Like, I'm talking Argentine team, right? Because that's where Defensa Justicia is from. But they fought their way up. And now they are one of the biggest teams in Argentina, literally. But they're humble and, like, they have ugly-ass colors, but, you know, it's, that's their identity. That's who they are, you know? But, whatever. MLS, if you're listening, Don Garver, if you're listening, please bring in promotion relegation. Let, let's give everybody a fighting chance to become the best of the best. Let's keep soccer, like, open to the fans, man. Come on, let's do this. I know, like, you know, it's all about money, but let's do it for the love of the sport, man. But with that being said, I'll shut it down. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Love you guys. Appreciate all the help. Appreciate all the support. And I'll see you guys in episode 51. Hopefully by episode 100, we'll be in a freaking studio. That would be amazing. This is my studio. So I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the love, all the thank yous, all the you're doing a good job and all the, everything that really means a lot to me. I know sometimes I don't even want to do this because to me it's a lot of work, especially after having to work. But I do it because I know you guys are listening and you guys, you know, kind of like this. So appreciate all the love. Thank you so much. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to my Patreon members. Don't forget, patreon.com slash those. You can literally just drop $3 a month. So if that's not much for you, I would love it and I would appreciate it. So thank you. Y'all have a good one. Good night.